As they're going, I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 4. And I want to make you aware of two very important aspects of our worship. One very important aspect of our worship assembly. And that is our offering which we bring before the Lord every Sunday. There are four ways we make it possible for you to give your offering. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through a bank. A lot of people do that. You can go online through our website, eastsidesprings.com. There's a box there. I've got this memorized. I don't even have to look at the screen anymore. Click on that box and follow the easy instructions. Or if you're here in person, then we encourage you to drop off your contribution there in the box. You guys are so incredibly faithful. We really appreciate your way of offering, uh, worshiping God in this way. To those of you that are live streaming, we are absolutely delighted to have you with us this morning as well. Speaking to you who are live streaming, we're going to be having communion at the end of the sermon, and so we really don't want you to watch. We want you to participate, and so I would strongly encourage you, um, if you can get your bread and a cup of some type of emblems, have them available, it would mean the world for us, for you to be with us during communion. At the end of the lesson, Joshua chapter 4, so there was, there was this elderly couple, not elderly, but they were getting older, and they were starting to lose their memory, and so they went to... The doctor and said, doctor, what can we do about this? And so he took some exams and everything. And he said, well, you know, I think the best thing you do is just write down stuff. That'll help you remember things better. I said, okay, we'll give that a try. So they go home that night. They're in the living room. And they're watching television. The wife gets up to go to the kitchen to get something. She says to her husband, would you like me to get you something? He says, yeah, I think I'd like some ice cream. And the, um, the wife says, oh, what flavor would you like? And he says, I think I'd like strawberry. She says, okay, I'll get you some. He said, well, 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 you need to write that down. You'll forget. I can remember strawberry ice cream. All right. Oh, but wait, could you put some, some uh, whipped cream on top of it? Yeah, sure, I'll put some whipped cream on top. Hey, but write that down. You might forget it. I'm not writing it down. Whipped cream, strawberry ice cream, got it. Well, the way, I, you know, could you put a maraschino cherry on top? And sprinkle some pecans on there. Yeah, I'll do that. I'd be happy to do that for you. But, well, you need to write that down. I am not writing it down. Strawberry ice cream, whipped cream, cherry on top with sprinkled pecans. Got it. She goes in the kitchen. Fifteen minutes later, she comes back with a big plate of bacon and eggs. She hands it to him. And he's just kind of, she didn't write it down. He says to her, where's the toast? Come on, y'all can do better than that. The next night, the next night they have company. They have company come over the next night. And so the husband's in the living room talking to the guy that's visiting. And he's telling about this really cool restaurant they had been to. He and his wife the night before. Oh, it was a great restaurant. And the guy that was visiting said, well, what restaurant? What's the name of the restaurant that you went to? And he said, oh, it's, um, oh, man, I forgot. What's the name? What's the name of that restaurant? He said, he said, what's that, what's that flower? You know that flower, it's kind of got thorns on it. It's got red, red petals at the top. And the guy goes, oh, you mean a rose? He says, yeah, 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 rose. That's it. He yells to the kitchen to his wife, Rose, what's the name of that restaurant we went to <laughs> the night before? And so that's funny, right? But we joke a lot about memory loss. But the truth is, it's a mental health crisis and some of us know this very personally I go every week for years now 
except when I'm out of town, to a memory care facility. And I meet with and talk with people who, man, they used to have incredible careers. You say, they all have little shadow boxes at their entrance doors, and you can see who they used to be. Some of them had standing next to the president getting a recommendation, an owner of a company, a teacher, uh, many of them, especially many of the men at this location were, were in the military, very high rankings in the military, and some of them were fighter pilots, I mean, sharp minds. And now, when you talk to them, you sure get the impression that a lot of them, they don't even know where they are. It's incredibly sad. Their spouses, it's, it's so beautiful to see come day after day faithfully and the one that's there has no clue who that person is and the people that are there in this memory care facility they've actually so many of them you get the impression they've forgotten who they are and as you talk with their spouses who come the spouses will tell you they're behaving in ways they've become somebody that's totally foreign to who they used to be so it's kind of funny but it's kind of not so funny and in a, very, in a very similar way, it could be said that there's a spiritual health crisis due to memory loss. And it kind of like, it seems to me, it kind of goes in patterns as my observation. People begin to forget what God has done. And then they begin to forget who God is. And maybe they just completely forget God. Or as we see in our nation, they recreate a God that's no longer the God of the Bible. And then so they, they forget what God has done. They forget who God is. And as a result of that, begin, they begin forgetting who they are. Because who we are is so rooted in the identity of God. I think one of the biggest problems in our world of who am I and what is my identity is so much a result of people losing sight of who God is. So they lose sight of who they are. And all of a sudden you see people... Even children of God, it's like, that's not the same person I knew years ago. All because of memory loss. It's real. This is not hypothetical. This is very real. Read your Bibles from Genesis to Revelation. You see, this is something that God is constantly warning his people about. From Genesis to Revelation, and in our world, in our nation today, we see it at play in the history of the people in the Bible time, in our times. You see it at place that, that we're suffering from a, a memory loss. And here in chapter 4 of Joshua, in this story we're going to look at today, we see that God understands this about us. God is incredibly patient with us. And here he has put in place things that provide a memory care. I guess you could say it like that for us. Now, I'm not going to read. I read all of chapter 3 last time when we talked about the crossing of the Jordan River. I'm not going to read that today. I want you to do that on your own. I want you to read all of chapter 4 in your life groups. I'm just going to tell you the story this morning. I'm going to point you to some verses. So what we're doing is we're following the story of the children of God. In the Bible story, that's called the Israelites, right? And particularly, we're, we're here in the book of Joshua. We see their story all throughout the Bible. But we're following it, particularly right now in this series through Joshua, and learning life lessons from their particular 
story. And up to this point in the story, we see that the Israelites are, this is like climactic time in their history. After centuries, not decades, but after centuries of waiting and longing and imagining what it's going to be like to go home, to be in their promised land. After years of a a horribly painful time of just working their way through the, the wilderness, they finally, as we saw last week, have crossed the Jordan River and they're home. They're in They're in the promised land. But as you go into chapter 4, and it continues in the story, you see that the crossing of the Jordan River wasn't simply for the purpose of getting the people across. There were other reasons. You'll say, I want you to do it because of this, because of this. So I want you in your life groups, uh, that's some of the questions I've given you, really talk about what were some of the reasons and purposes for them to cross on the Jordan River. I only want to focus on one particular purpose of the crossing of the Jordan River. And you pick up the story, it's an amazing story. You've got this way miles up this way, this river that's being, the water is being held back. You just imagine that in a river. We used to live right on the Mississippi River. I can't imagine that with the Mississippi River. The water is being held back. And the reason is because the priests are following the instructions of the Lord. They're holding the Ark of the Covenant. And as long as they hold the Ark of the Covenant, the water is being held back. And in chapter 4, it doesn't say they were just walking by going, this is really good. They were hurrying. I would have been hurrying too. They were hurrying across the river. And finally, after they got completely across the river, Upon the instructions of the Lord, Joshua picked 12 men, one from each tribe of Israel, and he sent them into the middle of the river. And he had them pick up boulders or stones to which, you know, they could pick up. And he had them take them out of the dry ground of the riverbed and set them up at the place where they were going to be camping. You got to remember the name of this camp. It's called Gilgal. Comes up a lot in our study in Joshua. And that's in verse 20, they set up the, uh, the, the stone monument in Gilgal. But it's really interesting in verse 9, they also set up a stone monument right in the middle of the river on dry ground. And so what happened is, the priest took the Ark of the Covenant after the two stone monuments were built, one at Gilgal, one right there in the middle of the river, and they stepped out of the river. And as soon as they stepped out of the river, the waters of the river started flowing again, and because of this 12-boulder monument, you could see these, these rocks jutting out of the river. And we're told the purpose of this twice here, of these two memorials. In chapter 4 and verse 6, he says, I want you to do this so this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever and then he repeats it again God is good at repeating things that just embedded into our hearts he says in verse 20 21 and he said to the people of Israel when your children ask their fathers in times to come I'm reading out the ESV what do these stones mean then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth 
may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And so one of the purposes of the crossing of the Jordan River, it wasn't just to get them across, but it was, it was memory care. It was to Im- embed in their, in their heads and in their hearts and in their minds and their memories who their God is and what their God had done for them. Because they were getting ready, and we're going to see this, it's going to be tough. They're getting ready to go to battle against their enemy, and they're going to see this experience, and this experience is going to tell them, man, if God can do this with the Jordan River, then we can face whatever comes our way with the enemy in the battles to come. Now, you'll notice, and we're going to see this in Joshua, God has them do this four different times there are four stone memorials well actually five if you count the two the one in in Gilgal and one in the middle of the river there are four times that God has them do this this is a big deal to God because you see God knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows our tendency to forget to forget what he's done to forget who he is then we start forgetting who we are and we start becoming somebody God never intended for us to be. There's a very interesting passage. It's it's not key to the sermon, but I thought if you ever read Micah, you're going to know what it's talking about. In in, in the book of Micah, it's a prophetic book later on in the Old Testament. We see in Micah's day, the Israelites, they had forgotten God. They had forgotten who they were. And they had fallen into idolatry and disobedience. And Micah says to the people in chapter 6 and verse 5, Oh my, you can just feel the groans. Oh my people, remember. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal. That you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. You read that and say, what in the world is that? And you just keep reading. No, wait a minute. If you've been studying Joshua, you know exactly what the journey from Shittim to Gilgal is because you remember, you remember on the map, let's take a look at that, the journey from Shittim to Gilgal. Shittim was, on the, was the camp of the Israelites on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Gilgal was the camp on the western side of the Jordan River. And so the journey from Shittim to Gilgal that Michael says, you need to remember this, it was the journey of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. River. Micah says, remember those stones. But it's not simply remembering for the sake of remembering, but it's it's remembering for the purpose of being continually inspired by God and by the memory to faithfulness and obedience to give us courage, a fearless courage to face whatever comes our way in life. But I think it's, it's fair to ask, why? Why do you need this memorial? I'm telling you, if I had been in Baton Rouge, where we used to live, standing on the banks of the Mississippi, and the water had been held up, and I had crossed by, on not sludge, but dry ground, how, how do you forget that? How, how would you not continually tell your children and your grandchildren again and again about that story and it wasn't just you crossing there were no less than a million Israelites crossing that river and I'm, I'm being really 
conservative here, there was probably over two million. How do you forget that story? Why do we need these rocks? Did you notice when I was reading in verse 23 that as he says, I'm going to do to the Jordan River what I also did to the Red Sea. And you remember the story of the Red Sea? You remember some of the, some of the movie renditions of the parting of the Red Sea? How do you forget that? Oh yeah, that's right, I forgot. God part. No, you don't forget that. How, how do you experience that and that I just carry you for the rest of your life with a solid faith and a courage? I mean, that's got to do it, but they forgot. Maybe not that the memory was lost in their mind, but they forgot what God had done for them. They forgot who God was. And as you read the story, following the story of the Red Sea, they slipped into doubt and disbelief and disobedience. And that happens to us is that we get caught up in just life and the hard times and the difficulties and the challenges we forget who God is and what he's done in our lives. And we get discouraged. And it's in those times we need stones of remembrance. To erect personal stones that remind us of that time. Of those times when God got us through our river of impossibility. And so that's exactly what the Israelites needed. Because as, as they crossed over and they set those rocks up in that, in that camp of Gilgal, you'll notice, and we're going to see this a lot as we're reading, Gilgal was like the base camp, all right, for, in this story. They would spend the night in Gilgal, and then they would go out and they would face the enemy, um, and, and, they, and they would go into battle, and then they would come back to Gilgal. And you can imagine doing this day after day that they've got to come back sweaty and tired and weary Sometimes discouraged, maybe doubtful, just wondering, man, I don't know if I want to get up in the morning. Just wondering tomorrow, are we going to defeat the enemy or is the enemy going to defeat us? But then they would go back to Gilgal, they would see those rocks and it would remind them, wait a minute, I remember what God had done for me, has done for me. I remember who God is so they can get up the next morning with courage to face the next day. Do you know that the mountains of our state are, co are covered with similar rock monuments, you might call them. They're called cairns with a C-A. That's, a, that's a, a, a Scottish word. And here's why, here's why they're there. When you're hiking in the mountains of Colorado, a lot of times, kind of like Bar Trail, you're not going, I wonder where the trail is. It's like crystal clear. You know where the trail is. But you come to a point, most of the time, especially on the 14th, we get to a point where you kind of get clues about which way to go at this point. I'm not sure where you are. Because all there are is just these huge boulder fields. And so all of a sudden, there's no longer a path. Not only is it because there's boulder fields there, but man, the oxygen's getting kind of thin up there. And so you're, you're starting to pant. You're starting to get tired. And maybe the fog is setting in. Some of you know this. And, and you, just, you just start thinking, man, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of lost. Maybe I should just turn around. And then all of a sudden, you see a Karen. And the thought is, 
I'm not worrying about the summit right now. My goal is just to get to the next Karen. And then when I get to that next Karen, I look for the next one. And then I make my way to the next one because they're helping show me the way. Honestly, without these Karens on some of the mountains, a lot of people, most people, this is one of those people, would certainly get lost. And do you know there are some people who have died on the mountains because they lost their way? It's happened. One of the things I love about these rock structures on the mountains is that they were built by people who've already hiked the trails and they're gone. And they're building these. And what's really neat is sometimes you're going, you, you, add, to the, you add to the rocks there and you're not doing it for yourself because you already know where you are. You're doing it for people who will come behind you that day or years later to help show them the way. Jesus set up a memorial for us in a very similar way with the memorial of the Lord's Supper. He did it with his disciples. He erected two memorial stones, two emblems, the bread and the cup to help us to remember. So that in years to come, Others who would come after us or us today would see those two emblems and say, what, what does that mean? Why are they getting up and drinking juice in a little cup of that bread? It reminds us. It's memory care of what God has done for us, of who he is. It reminds us again of who we are. And he gives us a renewed faith to walk out those doors and be the people that he's called us to be. Those stones, the bread, remind us of his body. The cup reminds us of his blood. Because you see, like the Israelites who would go out to battle each day and they would come home weary and discouraged and then they would see those rocks and they would remember what God had done and who God is and who they are and had courage to step out. It's the same for us. We come here every Sunday, but let's be honest, we don't come here every Sunday with best week ever, right? We come here, many of us, after having failed miserably. After having fallen We come here weary and discouraged. We come here after having fought our own battles with our own enemies, discouraged and doubtful, wondering if we can continue. Wondering, man, what's my next step going to be? And God shows us the way to this memorial of Lord's Supper, just like the turns on the mountain. But you know what I I was thinking? I can imagine that back at Gilgal, that the Israelites, there came a point where they walked past those stone, that stone monument so often that they kind of lost sight of it. Because like you see it a day after day after day after day. It's kind of like we drive past memorials in our city and don't even realize we're driving past a memorial, something that's really significant. It's kind of like having Memorial Day and totally forgetting what Memorial Day is about. It's just, it's just an annual, it's just an, an annual ritual. And you even wonder if you even wonder if some kids say to their moms and dads, it said to their moms and dads in Gilgal, what in the world are those rocks? And then wonder if their parents said, 
you know, I didn't even notice those rocks. Or, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Do you know that we have a stone memorial here on our property? That most of you have walked past, many of you, probably some of you, hundreds of times and didn't even realize it. I talked to somebody the other day who's been here for 15 years and this person had no clue that this was here and that it was a memorial to a little girl who was five years old when she died remembering her death. It's right over here at the north entrance, our school entrance to the church building and we walk past it every day. Many of us do. And I'm afraid that too often that happens as well with the Lord's Supper. It's just Sunday after Sunday that we go through the motions but we forget what He's done. We forget who He is. We begin to lose sight of who we are. And we go out Monday through Saturday living a life so uncharacteristic of what a true follower of Jesus is supposed to be like because of memory loss. It's real. It's very real. And I'm, I don't know, I hope someday doctors can fix all this memory loss that I see of these people in these memory care facilities. There's right now, from my understanding, not much that can be done. But this doesn't have to be the case with us spiritually. God has provided a way for us to remember and never forget. I want to ask before we go for communion, have our, our shepherds go ahead and spread out to our communion plates and tables wherever they are because I want them to be available for prayer and I, and I want you to see them and so wherever you are if you guys uh, would do that so in a moment I'm going to invite you to go to the tables that are provided and these wonderful kids that built this rock memorial today uh, they also built the little rock memorials that are at each of the places where you would pick up your communion their names are actually on them you can go to the tables, and we also have provided trays here because it gets really clogged up here, and so we're kind of um, making it possible for you to come to the front as well. But if you're saying, you know, Eddie, I don't want to get up and, and go to the tables, I prefer to stay alone at my place, then we have um, tables, a little table there, there, and there where you can pick up your communion kids. Those of you that are live streaming, we, we would love for you to, to be a part of this with us. But today, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I am not going to say a prayer at all. I want you to do that. I want you to go at your, where you're seated or at the place where you pick up your bread and cup. You say your own prayer. You take your own moment to remember and meditate over what this memorial signifies now if you want to say hey would you share this with me then pray with someone else maybe it's something you could do with your spouse maybe it's something that you could do with your family I would really encourage parents just to huddle up and, and parents tell your children what these stones of remembrance mean and if you're here and you're new and you're going am I supposed to be able to do this yes we invite you to join us. And then after we take the emblems, if you come this morning and your heart is heavy and you really need to reach out to someone in prayer, we have an elder here. 
here, 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 here. They're going to be standing. Uh, and Tim is going to be making his way in in a minute. Reach out to them in prayer, but there's not enough elders to cover all the bases. If you're, you've come here with a heavy heart after you take communion, you had your personal time of reflection, if you need someone to pray with you, reach out to them. Or if you know someone that needs your prayers, reach out to them. So let's, let's stand now. And as, after you take communion, as we go into this period of fellowship, after you take communion, I want you to be respectful of those who are still taking communion or praying together. So um, let's go have communion together. Let's remember. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.